G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. This is a conversation today and so many will relate to uh, some of the challenging things that we may talk about today. Right now, huge numbers of Australians are under strict lockdowns. COVID infections continuing to grow. The death toll is low, but anxiety is very high. To suggest that a few dollars in support from our governments is enough to ease the pain for businesses, for families and churches, may be understating the level of the problem and challenge that people are facing right now. Right now, many individuals, families and business owners are caught in the grip of fear and uncertainty that we're not accustomed to here in Australia. The pressure is on so many, and it is huge, As small businesses are in trouble, lots are closing their doors, perhaps never to open again. Uh, Other dimensions, uh, stay at home has a very different meaning for the 116,000 people who are currently homeless in Australia. And then there's the rise of self-harm and suicides. Now, it is reported attempted suicide rates among Victorian teenagers has soared by 184% since the beginning of the year. Uh, Those figures from the Kids Helpline. Uh, More than 13,000 calls were made by suicidal children last year. As Christians, we might be anxious also and looking for what sustaining value our faith in God has for us and our communities. Well, a resilient Christian ought not to be taken by surprise that there will be tough times. The Christian looking to God sees beyond the immediate crisis, knowing that it's God who holds the future. It's at times like these that believers need to dig a little deeper, to stand firm, being prepared to encourage our friends and families, holding out a message of hope to a community that doesn't know the comfort and power of having faith in God. Well, our conversation could go anywhere today. You'll be welcome to join into our conversation, a question, a comment, or even a critique with our special guest today, Stu Miller. is back with us, founder of Train to Proclaim. And we're talking about a lockdown gospel. Stu Miller, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to be back. Stu, a lockdown gospel, who would have thought we would be talking about this? Mm. Times are changing, and for a lot of people, and some people, have they just gone through, uh, you know, the usual day-to-day stuff, not much has changed. If you're in one of the states where there's little COVID, uh, no lockdowns, you might be thinking this is not so serious. If you're in New South Wales and you're seeing some numbers start to climb, you might become a little anxious about that. Times are changing, Stu. Mm. And and not just the numbers declining. Some of the things you were mentioning before about the rise in suicides and anxiety and mental 
uh, illnesses and uh, domestic violence. There's a lot of things going on that are associated with the lockdowns. And and uh, anyone who knows anyone in Melbourne maybe have been talking with them and, and talked about some of the stress and the the anxiety that's that they're under and, and the pressure that they're under from the lockdowns. So. Uh, and in Melbourne, of course, mm. uh, curfews are back. Yes. Uh, yeah. Children not allowed to play in parks. Mm. Uh, families, mm. you know, at their wits' end in some sense, mm. uh, trying to deal with these circumstances. And uh, yep. for some, the pressure is too much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's if you've got a, a, a big house in the countryside, Neil, and, and you've got plenty of room and you can, you know... Plenty of uh, space to get to wander around. That's okay, but there's a lot of people living in inner cities and in apartments with children, and they're cooped up and they can't go anywhere. And it's pretty, pretty tough. When tough times come, and this mm. will be the focus of our conversation over this next hour. Mm. Uh, but when tough times come, this message of the gospel. Mm. Uh, because sometimes in good times, you can think this message of the gospel doesn't hold a lot of weight. Mm. What's the good news when you've got everything you need and That's everybody's right. <laughs> going along nicely and yeah. uh, everything's hunky-dory? But uh, when tough times come, mm. the message of the gospel becomes all the more valuable. Mm. Well, I think the darker that times are, the lighter the gospel is, isn't it? Jesus is the light of the world and he shines brightest when, when, when we're in darkness. And so... Uh, we see this with the children of Israel in the in the Old Testament. You know, they they went on this continuous cycle of of following God and then turning away from God and following God and turning away from God. But when it's when they turned away from God and and then they they didn't have His protection anymore. They were often taken over by their enemies. They were repressed. Uh, things went wrong. And it was when things were desperately wrong that they realized what they'd done. They'd turned away from the Lord. They weren't living under his blessing and, and his protection. And they cried out to him. And then God heard their prayer and sent a deliverer. And so it, we're in a similar situation today. We see in the world uh, where the places where there's the most persecution of the church and the, and the most suffering that many people are crying out to God, and there's great revival happening in some nations. Uh, in nations like Australia, we've been so affluent and um, materialistic. We've got everything we need. Why do we need God? You know, we, we've got everything. We've, we, we're okay. We don't need God. It's, it's something that we tack on to our lives, maybe. But in a, in a point of desperateness, people are, are giving their lives over to God. And there's, I think people are more open to the gospel now than they ever have been. So for some, yesterday, the gospel didn't matter to me. It didn't mm-hmm. seem all that important. Yep. Today, the gospel all of a sudden takes on a whole new level of importance. Mm. Why is it, you think, uh, that, uh, that the change is, is happening right now like that? Well, I think, you know, naturally, our selfish you know, human beings as we are, we want, we want control of our lives. We want to live for ourselves. We want to do what we want. And when things are going well that's okay. It works for us because we're doing what we want and everything's cool. And uh, often we've got hard hearts towards God. We're just like, we're, he's either on the sideline or we just push him out of our minds. But we're, we're enjoying life. Everything's going well. We don't need anything. But it, it, uh, it's those hard hearts that are being broken up at the moment and are softened towards the gospel because people are getting desperate. They're actually crying out to God. It's like the old, old saying, you, you know, you don't find many atheists in foxholes um, because, you know, you, you can be an atheist in good times, but when you're really desperate, all of a sudden you find yourself praying. You, 
you know. The reality of circumstance that captivates your attention because uh, if you're a small business owner, mm. things have been going along hummingly mm-hmm. and uh, you've been making a profit. Uh, you know, you've got staff and uh, yep. they seem to be generally happy in their work and they've mm-hmm. got a job and stuff's mm. going well and you're paying off your house and uh, all mm. sorts of things like that. Yep. And then a lockdown comes, yes. the doors on your business are closed, mm. uh, the customers are not spending money. Mm. You've dried up your bank account. Uh, you've all of a sudden feeling like you let down your staff. Uh, you are now in the middle of what am I going to do here? Mm. Because, you know, perhaps it'll pass, perhaps mm. it won't. Your thoughts here, Stu, for particularly yeah. people who are uh, doing it tough like that. Times mm. have changed. Mm. Well, definitely. I mean, it, it seems like the big businesses, the Amazons and the Ebays and things have just gone crazy and taken a huge part of the market. And the smaller businesses have lost a lot of the market share and, and have either closed down or – and that's tough. That is really devastating. They've, people – you know, no one wants to, to have to lay off their staff. They've got families to feed. They've got mortgages to pay as well, as do you, you know. And so – it's a very, very difficult time when you have to start laying staff off or closing the doors of your business, particularly if you've spent 20, 30, 40 years building up your business and then, you know, it's it's devastating. And that's why we're seeing a, a rise in suicide. Um, you know, I think partly it's, you know, some people, their identity is in their business and then, then their success and then when it all comes crushing down, they feel hopeless, they feel like, uh, you know, their identity's gone. You know, because I'm not the successful business owner anymore. Um, Of course, as a Christian, we would say, well, identity has to be in Christ. It has to be um, in knowing the creator of the universe, that you're a son or a daughter of of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that identity is the most important thing because it doesn't matter whether you have money or not, whether you're successful or not, what happens, good times or bad, his grace is sufficient for us. We'll often talk about the gospel as mm. that little part of a message you might hear in church tacked on to the end of the sermon. Mm-hmm. Or you might think of the gospel as what's happening on the street. You know, there's that mm-hmm. uh, that strange-looking guy, looks a bit like Stu Miller, standing <laughs> on a street corner and, uh, and making a proclamation, a declaration mm. of a way that you can connect with God and do this before it is too late. So sure. there's a certain urgency in there. Uh, so when we think of the gospel, it's not, it's not just the opportunity to respond and turn your heart towards God. It's mm. the appreciation of what happens when you do make that, uh, rec- when you do receive that message in the proclamation and mm. when you do connect with God, have an encounter with him in a significant way, that's when you're introduced to the strength to be able to overcome. Any thoughts mm. here on uh, on just the power of the gospel here? Because sometimes we've underestimated it. Absolutely. I mean, it's completely transformational, isn't it? You know, we're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. And coming to Christ isn't isn't just, a, uh, you know, Jesus isn't just an accessory that we tack on to in our lives. You know, it isn't just a, okay, well, I go to church now on Sunday. It, it's supposed to be transformational of our whole lives. Our, we, we, our whole lives are, look different from now on. We, we see things through different eyes. And uh, our value, our identity, our purpose, um, our destiny is all based in who Jesus is. 
are not based on circumstances, which circumstances change as as we're all seeing at the moment. It's it's not always going good, you know. Things change and they change rapidly at a crazy rate. Anyone would, you know, in a year and a half ago, if you told them what was going to happen in this year and a half, they would have said you're crazy. There's no way that's going to happen. But of course it has, and some of us are still going. Is this a dream? You know, it's amazing. Yesterday I felt like I didn't need God. Today I realize I do. Mm. And then I'm introduced into the power of the gospel. Mm. What happens when the power of the gospel is at work in me? And, uh, you know, a lot of us, when we face Mm. hard times, and this is a favorite scripture Mm. uh, for people who are facing hard times. And, uh, you know, you'll you'll know this. Some of our listeners will know this off by heart. Psalm 91, the Mm. first couple of verses in Psalm 91 You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge Mm. and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Mm. The discovery that Mm. when you respond to Christ, Mm. that you now have a fortress in hard times. This is a powerful concept. Mm, Absolutely. When, When you know that you're a son or a daughter, of the creator of the universe, then your dad is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is in completely in control. He's sovereign. What have we got to worry about? <laughs> and that's why it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We can have that peace in the midst of the storm. We can have that security in, in the midst of anxious and, and troubling times. I imagine that as an immature Christian, someone perhaps who's you know new to their faith, uh, they've made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe they responded uh, when an evangelist or a preacher got up and said, you know, do you want to come to Jesus? Uh, give your heart to him today. He'll come in. He'll dwell in you. Mm. Uh, that you don't automatically understand everything. So no. you're on a journey then to discover what this powerful message of the gospel means for you in a deeper sense. And this mm. is uh, for well, for a lot of people. This is uh, the lifelong journey mm. of uh, of absolutely uh, endless discovery of the power and wonder of God. Absolutely, and and it's like any relationship, I guess. When you first uh, meet someone, you you don't know whether you can trust them or not. You don't know their character. You don't know uh, whether they're going to let you down or whether they're lying to you or telling you the truth. But as you grow in relationship with anyone, and you 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 know you see the consistency in their life, and you see uh, who they are, and get to know them personally, you start to trust. And I guess it's the same for a new Christian. When we first come to Jesus, uh, we are touched, we are changed, we, we become born again, but we really take some time to grow in that maturity to in our relationship with God to trust him. And so when the storms come, we can be secure in him and know because of our relationship with Christ, not because of ourselves, not because of circumstances, not because of any money that we've got in the bank. Nothing else is secure. It can all crumble, but our relationship with God holds us in security and in peace and in hope. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. 
Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim, is with us. And Stu, I always love these conversations. They often end up as what we'll sometimes have as a heart-to-heart conversation where you're unpacking some details about the gospel that ordinarily you might not get to in a conversation. But this is the sort of conversation we can start to have a heart-to-heart in here. And some people will talk about this power of the gospel. Mm. And uh, sometimes we know it in theory. Sometimes we know it in practice. I'm just aware of that scripture that says... uh, that the message of the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Mm. And unless you take a few moments to reflect on that and start to go a little deeper, yep. uh, you won't understand what that message is in that scripture. But mm. we're talking about the power of God in mm. the gospel. Yep, and in Romans one sixteen, we of course we see... Uh, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And so there's a link between salvation. Now, uh, if, you know, if, if you're listening today and you say, well, what is the salvation? What is this hope of the gospel all about? Well, it's about God reaching down to us in love and sending Jesus to come and die on the cross for us. Now, that you might have heard, of course, Jesus has died on the cross, but what does that actually mean? Well, every single one of us have broken God's laws. We've gone our own way, and we're going to stand before God and have to give an account of our lives. And unfortunately, when we look at the things that we've done, there's no no uh, no choice but for God to punish us, for to be a just judge. But he loves us, and in his love for us, he sent Jesus to come and die in our place. Now, that is good news. That is the good news of the gospel, that Jesus has died in my place and in your place. If we're prepared to make a commitment to turn our lives around, to turn away from the things that are wrong in our lives and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, put him as number one place in our lives, he promises us forgiveness. He promises us eternal life, which is incredible. He promises us hope and destiny and purpose in this life and for all of eternity. Now, that's an amazing message. That is a message of hope. That is a powerful message that is unchanging regardless of the circumstances, and it can be the reality for you in your life. We could have called this segment the benefits of belonging to God, Mm. and uh, that really starts to get into some of those fabulous areas you're talking about there. Our Mm. talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take some calls. Graham is on the line in Burnie, Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I have a question. Has God, any, has God himself have, has he anything to do with the problems and the sufferings and the confusion that's going on in Australia, not only in our nation, but many other nations? That is a good question, and uh, it's a controversial question too. Stu, your thoughts. Has God got something to do with this? Well, in a sense, God is sovereign, so he's in control of everything. And so because of that, some people would say, well, God's causing these problems. But God and his sovereignty doesn't mean that he is making a whole lot of the decisions um, that we make as human beings. So right from the beginning, when he created us, he created us with freedom of choice. And so in order to be a loving God, and not have us as puppets or on remote control uh, to give us true freedom. If we're free moral agents, we've got to be able to have true freedom to make decisions. And unfortunately, as human beings, 
we're making decisions that are causing great harm on other people. Now, there is controversy about as far as COVID goes, which I'm assuming you're talking about, Graham, um, whether it was actually started intentionally or not in, in Wuhan, that, that was considered a conspiracy theory a year ago, and now people are saying it, that that's where it's originated. Um, we're not going to make a comment on that, but what I would say is that um, human beings cause a lot of suffering in this world. God se- seems to get the blame for it. Um, other Christians might say, well, hey, this is part of the judgment of God or it's, it's part of, you know, we're, we're not following him. And, and, you know, I don't know that I'm going to subscribe to that. What I would say is that it actually circumstances come and they go. And we can't always look at circumstances and saying, this is God. He's doing this, <laughs> whether it's good or bad. Because I've had, you know, when things are going well in your life, you could either say, well, the blessing of God's upon me. Or you could say, well, I'm clearly in a bad place with God because I'm not on the front line and I'm not getting attacked by the devil. Or, you, you know, things can go badly and you, you can say the same thing and say, oh, I'm clearly not in the blessing of God. Or um, I'm, I'm on the front line. I'm obviously in the right place with God. Circumstances don't dictate whether God's something in it, in it or not. Ultimately, he's sovereign, but at the end of the day, uh, we can't be led by circumstances. And you'll often hear, I think, on this program, when we're talking about all sorts of disasters and things that are coming upon the world, you can't say that it is God who has caused it. Mm. Neither can you say that it is not God. And uh, the interesting thing is, has God got your attention? And uh, the attention that we all give uh, when times are hard uh, needs to be directed towards our God who is in heaven, who we recognize as a God of love and uh, interesting balance there, a God of love and a God of justice. Stu, let's take another call before we move on in the conversation. Let's hear from Wayne. Wayne is in Mackay, Queensland. Hello, Wayne. Welcome. Yeah, good mate. Yeah, mate, I can relate to that totally, mate. I was I was in such a mess there, and on the seventh of March this year, I think I've already told you it's my testimony. I couldn't handle things that were happening. I was going to take my life, and I had an encounter with God on the seventh of March this year, and uh, my life has changed forever. God has healed me in a lot of areas. My life has just been transformed. And um, I had to be right with God, being right sin with God, and uh, He's just using me in my community and my workplace with business people where they are one bloke in particular that I'm working with. He's come at a church now. He's got a business. He was in a, in a bad way and, uh, his life has just been transformed. So, um, he's really just told me to dig deep since this. I had, um, for about eight weeks straight, I had an encounter with God and, um, yeah, my life is, just hasn't been the same. My relationship, not only with the Lord, but with my family and with other Christians. And, and if it wasn't for a lot of my brothers and sisters in Christ that were helping me get through this, um, I wouldn't have made it. I was, gonna, I was going to church on the Sunday. I was heading home to do my, my life in. And uh, I had an encounter with God on that Sunday at church before I left. And my brothers and sisters in Christ got right behind me with this. And um, if, it, if it wasn't for them... I wouldn't be here, and that was very selfish, and that's the way that's the way the enemy wanted me to be. But since God has um, done what He's doing in me, and still doing in me, um, yeah, He's just changed my life completely, and wow. um, 
Wayne, there is a whole dimension in your life now that was not there before. Uh, Stu, your thoughts for Wayne? Oh, Wayne, that's wonderful. It's so great to hear your testimony of of God uh, touching your life, you encountering him, and your life being transformed as a result. Uh, Just really excited. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I hope that's a real encouragement to others listening there because there may be many people, Wayne, in that same situation. They're desperate. They're really hurting, and they may even be at a point like you were where they wanted to take their own lives. And we want to say today, uh, thank you for sharing that because that is a message of hope. It's the message that God can transform your life, and that's the hope that we have in the gospel. Our lives can be transformed through Jesus. Wonderful to hear from you, Wayne. Thank you so much for calling in. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. John is in Wangaratta in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, morning, Neil. Uh, look, the comment I would like to make is, particularly with our young people, is they've been indoctrinated with the um, theory of evolution uh, and that they... Um, I believe that they believe that they are just an accidental, that their life has no purpose, um, and um, that they really need to know that they are created uh, human beings mm. uh, with a um, a creator father and a, who is a, a can be their spiritual father, mm. and um, this is particular um, in, in relation to. Um, um, uh, it, 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 and it comes out of the fact that every, everyone is a created human being and even atheists, mm. um, while they uh, may believe that they can say there is no God and that in their mind God suddenly disappears and the, the, the fact is exactly the opposite. God is still there mm. and um, they, grow, um, they need to understand that they're created human beings they have a life to live and there'll be a judgment at the end of their life. John, great insight there. Stu, uh, accidental uh, indoctrination, the idea that kids mm. are raised in our schools uh, to think that everything's random and, you know, you evolved from apes or uh, right back to the slime or mm. billions and billions of years. Those sorts of things are a part of ordinary, everyday kids, Mm. and uh, people don't appreciate that what they've been robbed of is the hope that they can have Mm. with the eternal purposes of God. What are your thoughts here for John? I absolutely agree with him, and I think um, you know psychologists have been asking the question, why does Australia and New Zealand, you know, beautiful places in the world, have one of the highest youth suicide rates in the world, and yet, you know, if we look at what's been taught to the to young people at schools, that they're an insignificant lump of atoms that came together by chance. They're an accident. Uh, they, you know, there's no difference between you and a slug. You're just a different chemical makeup. There's no uh, creator. There's no loving father that is that has created you and made you. You're not made in the image of God. You don't have intrinsic value. You're just chemicals, flesh, blood, vessels, bone. That's all you are. You're just a thing, a material thing. And if that's the outlook that you've got and you believe, then really if things are not going well, Neil, why why stay alive? Might as well put an end to it because there's no hope. 
There's no uh, identity in who you are. There's no intrinsic value in who you are. There's no purpose for you being here. You're an accident. There's no purpose. You're just here because of evolution. And so we need to to change that. We need to change young people. We need to let them to know that there is a God who loves them, who's created them, uh, who wants them as a part of their family, that they are loved, that there is hope, that they can be a part of God's family for all of eternity. John in Wangaratta, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Stu, let's get into some practical ways that you might be able to uh, utilise the power of this lockdown gospel because Mm. people are hurting, people are anxious, people are fearful, and Mm. it perhaps even is even more fearful in younger generations. Uh, I was talking to someone just just recently, talking about older people who have been there and done that, and mm. uh, life seems to be passing them by quickly. But any time there's real impact on a young person, it's mm. taking up a whole lot of even percentage of their life when they've got to be locked down. Mm. And mm. all of the things that can happen to a young person can have perhaps even higher impact. Let's talk through some uh, some ideas. What are your thoughts on on practical ways that mm. you might be able to utilize this idea of a lockdown gospel? People mm. will be open. Mm. Absolutely. I've got a whole lot of ideas that we can unpack. But uh, speaking of young people, to start off with, you know, young people are very, very tech literate. And so they are on devices, they're on phones, they're on their computers, they're on iPads. And uh, they're on social media. Social media is a huge part of most young people's lives. And, and again, that can be a, a part of the cause of, of suicide because of cyberbullying and a whole lot of issues there with that as well. And there's problems uh, because of this. But putting that aside, the fact that they are on there, we have an avenue, an opportunity, a platform in order to share the gospel. And uh, one of the great ideas that have come out in the last uh, year or so is the hope story. And you can go to Hope Story Challenge uh, online and basically uh, I can give you the information now even without going to the website but but it's great to go there and and see the information. But all you do is you film yourself on your phone giving a 60-second testimony. Wayne would be great at this, the caller that just before he could just share in 60 seconds how he was on the point of suicide and God impacted his life and changed his life, and now he has hope. And all that, that's all you've got to do. What your life was like, how, how you came to know Jesus, and what your life's like now. But you've got to do it in 60 seconds and then share it on all the platforms, even TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever platforms you're on. Share that and say, this is my 60-second hope story. And when people see the word hope, a lot of people are looking for hope these days, and so they will be interested in clicking on your, your story. It's your story, so it's not you're not preaching at anyone. You're telling your personal story, and that's impacting and powerful. And because it's 60 seconds, a lot of people don't want to listen to an hour sermon, but they'll listen to your 60-second sermon as such, your 60-second story, your testimony. So, And then nominate five people. Nominate them and say, send it to them and say, I challenge you to do the same. And let's see if we can get this uh, going viral. And that's a great way that you can share with potentially hundreds and hundreds of people online. And it can be shared and on-shared as well. Uh, You don't know. It could be shared with thousands of people and your testimony could go out there. 
So you have a, a really powerful testimony like Wayne. Uh, take 60 seconds and you could actually be sharing your testimony with thousands. So a good way to uh, look for something practical there. 1-800-316-316, our talkback line open. Let's take a call from Quentin in WA. Hello, Quentin. Welcome. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Um, thanks for allowing me to, to share. I just wanted to just pretty much um, encourage all the, the listeners there out there this morning. You know, um, when we when we talk about the gospel, I think, you know, the main point, um, you know, God sent his son was to, to connect us back to him. And, and I just want to encourage everyone out there, as we can all know what's, what's um, happening around the country, even around the world, um, you know, God's number one pers- purpose was to have a relationship with each and every individual on the face of this earth. And I think it's important for us as Christians, even those who are, haven't made that choice yet, to just be encouraged because, you know, God is watching watching each and every one of us. He, his heart is for us to, to know him. And I think um, I just wanted to share a scripture from, you know, John chapter 10, where Jesus talks about, you know, he was he's a true shepherd. And um, it's important for us to know that, you know, he hears our prayers. He's always there because he said himself, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and, and I think it's important um, just to encourage everyone as well, you know, faith. Faith is very important because when you lose faith in God, you lose hope. Mm. And, um, you know, in Hebrews, it's, it's, um, it's wonderful because the, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, without faith, it's, it's impossible to please God. But those who come to him must believe that he is you know, and he he will reward you, and and I think prayer. You know, I just want to encourage everyone this morning. You know, prayer really does change things, because you know when you hearken into the voice of the Lord, he will he will help you to pray in in areas that really allows him to make an impact and to change the direction you know of of your life of of the situation and circumstances that, you know, people are currently going through. So I just wanted to encourage everyone. You are an encouragement. Great thoughts. Stu, uh, a thought or two for Quentin? Quentin, thanks so much for those thoughts. They're all excellent. Um, Prayer is incredibly important. I I want to go back to your first point about, you know, the the whole reason is relationship with God, and that's the centre of the gospel, and it's the reason God created us. To have relationship with Him, to uh, to know Him, to glorify Him, to enjoy Him forever, and um, you know, I think if we if we know our purpose in our life and we know God, then that gives us security that can never be washed away, even in an uncertain time. So thanks so much for your encouragement. Thank you, Quentin in WA, 1-800-316-316 to join in our talkback conversation. Let me come back to, you know, the dark side of a conversation like this. Mm -hmm. The fear that many Christians will continue to have, and there's Mm. something based actually on what Quentin was saying there, if you you lack faith, because you can lack faith even as a long-time believer, you can slip Mm. out of uh, having faith in God, and your hope can be drained away. Mm. Uh, This idea of of having faith in God, uh, being able to handle whatever circumstance, even uh, the issues around the fear of dying, Mm. Uh, so that we're not controlled by that fear because, Mm. uh, you know, Christians have a different dimension to them which even addresses the fear of dying. What are your thoughts here uh, about, you know, even for the Christian believer who might be saying, well, 
I, I used to have faith. I'm, I'm working on some ways to get my faith back in Christ. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Stu? Uh, fear is a glorious thing for a, a believer in a sense that we're going to be with the Lord. Uh, and that is a great thing. And so, you know, but like you say, sometimes people are, are wavering in their faith and they, they are starting to fear. But perfect love casts out all fear. And I'd say the closer you are in your relationship with God, the less fear that you're going to have because you know that security and that love that is in God. And you know that even death itself, the, the ultimate frontier, the, the ultimate thing that happens to us, the, the worst thing that could happen to us, even that is not a fearful thing in Christ because we know where we're going and we're going to be safe in him. The idea of the sting of death mm. being minimized, yes. uh, that's a powerful dimension of yes. what it is uh, to have faith in Christ. Mm. Hey, The idea too that in lockdown, there's a great equalizer here because mm. whether you are uh, rich or poor, yes, uh, doesn't matter what nationality your background yes. is, uh, everybody is in lockdown together. Some might feel I'm a little more privileged and go and break the lockdown rules. Mm. Uh, but uh, there is a certain sense in which uh, whether you like it or not, lockdown is a very significant equalizer. Mm. So even if you feel insignificant and uh, mm. perhaps I'm poor, but I can sa- share a message of the gospel with the rich, mm. this is a time when everybody's open to the same sorts of things we're talking about today, the value of the gospel's due. Mm. And I think it is more privileged in our society, those that are richer, that that tend to have harder hearts towards God because they've got everything and they don't need God. And Now that's a generalization. There's, there's many people who are rich that love God with all their heart. But I'm just saying that a lot of a lot of rich people are harder to reach. But it's it's like times like this, like you say, it's a great equalizer. They're in the same situation as everyone else. They're locked down and they're struggling. Sometimes it's their businesses that are going under, and you know the massive stress that's involved there. And there's a softening of their heart, and they're more open to actually looking to God. It's like a wake up call, a shake up. And um, a little bit like the parable of the growing seed, Neil, where you've got the different types of soil. And uh, we obviously want to share the gospel in good soil. And often, I think, in our society, we're bumping up against hard soil because of people, you know, I've got everything I need, buddy. You know, you keep your religion to yourself. I'm all good, thanks. Uh, but now there's a softening of people's hearts where they're going, well, perhaps I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. I'm not in control of all this. Maybe I need to look some, to someone be, some, someone or something beyond myself. And they're actually open to a conversation, a spiritual conversation, which is a great opportunity for us as Christians. And not dependent on your own wealth or status here. Mm. Just reminded of Peter and John who went to pray, and uh, when they came across the lame man mm. on their way to the temple, you know, these yep. words, you know, silver and gold have I none, mm. but such as what I do have, I mm. give to you. Yes. And it's the idea that what I'm giving mm. you now is much more valuable than mm. financial resources, material resources that you might think you need for your security, but there's something much deeper, bigger. Mm. That is a, a dimension that you have not had before. This is the real treasure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a, a rich person might spend their entire fortune trying to uh, get get healing for a health problem because they consider their health more important than their wealth. Uh, and there's a situation, you know, they've got no money, silver and gold. I do not have, but what I do have, and they healed him in the name of Jesus. And this man receives healing, which is a greater treasure than anything else he could ever receive in his life. 
It's wonderful. And of course, the greatest treasure that we can ever have is the gospel, is salvation, because that's the greatest miracle of all, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Uh, we were talking through some practical ideas, yes. Stu. Uh, you were saying just pick up the phone and make a telephone call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, social media. Yeah, uh, social media. Before, I, I I don't think I put the .com on before when I said Hope Story Challenge. Um, okay, so, yep, yep. Yeah, so if you do want to go to that website, hopestorychallenge.com, uh, but like I say, anyone can do their personal testimony, challenge some other people to do it, and uh, let's see if we can get it going viral. Uh, just a few pro tips for, for being on, on Facebook and, and other places. Just if you want to people to actually read your post, if you are wanting to impact them with the gospel or you know little things about God, I would say, first of all, don't only post things about God because if you only ever post scriptures or things about God, your non-Christian family and friends are going to see you and they're going to scroll. <laughs> it's it's Stuart Miller, scroll, <laughs> you know, because it's just going to be that God stuff. But if I post, you know, four or five things about funny things or things about my family, interesting things that are happening, and then one thing about God, people get used to, oh, I like Stuart's post, and, and they start engaging with the post and then when they see something about God they're likely to read that as well um, so there's there's one tip you can have I'd say um, you know if you if you're always political and you know particularly if you're on a different side of a political spectrum to someone else again that may be a turnoff for them and maybe a, a hindrance to them hearing the gospel um, you know I'd say think about why you're using the social media platforms what is your purpose what are you actually accomplishing? And if you're wanting to communicate Christ as an ambassador for Christ, as Corinthians tells us, you know, that we're to, to reconcile people with God, if, you, if that's your purpose, try and be strategic in, in the way that you do it and so that people will be interested and engage, you know. So that, that's a few things. For social media is, is a great opportunity. Uh, but yeah, like you say, Neil, you can pick up the phone. Call, call some people. You know, like a lot of people don't do it anymore. It's, it's an email or a text or a message, but actually calling someone, talking with them. How are you? Yeah, how asking you? people how they are. How are uh, the offer of a prayer in yes. that conversation. Yes, offering uh, to pray for people. As uh, so many will say, uh, that when you offer a prayer, very few people will turn you down. And if you are right. at your wit's end, whether it's business, family, all sorts of issues, uh, prayer is going to be greatly received. And as I often say, the offer of a prayer brings this whole dimension, the presence of God into the circumstance and gives opportunity for some level of intervention in those circumstances. Hey, just quickly before we've got to tie things together here, mm. uh, Stu, uh, the idea of an act of generosity. Uh, sometimes that's a great op- yes. uh, way to just break the ice. And if people think oh, I'm isolated, nobody cares about me, some mm. sort of act of generosity might work. I did hear of somebody saying, uh, you know, order a pizza and have it mm. delivered to your friend's place. I mean, yep. uh, who wouldn't like a pizza being delivered? Perhaps I'll let them know just before it arrives. But uh, <laughs> that's but that's right. a you know a way that's to a break way. the ice uh, that mm. might just uh, create that bridge of relationship, which mm. uh, with some people going through very very tough times right now, they might mm. not be open to the gospel initially, but certainly mm. they'll be open to your friendship because friendship mm. is a very powerful foundation uh, mm. for what might come as you share your own faith. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, there's a whole lot of things that you can do. You, you could write someone a letter, an actual handwritten letter. I mean, it doesn't happen very often these days, but, you know, sharing your testimony, sharing how, you know, you're concerned for them. You could get on the phone and, and just say, hey, look, I'm, I, you know, a lot of people are really struggling at the moment. I was just thinking of you, and I thought I'd give you a call. How are you doing? 
uh, offer to pray for them. Um, you know, you can send someone a text or, or a message, personal messages rather than just a post on Facebook. Personally message someone, you know, with with a your testimony. Um, if you're going out and, and about and, and you're able to exercise, which most lockdowns allow us to exercise, why don't you, you could you could take some tracks with you and drop them in letterboxes. You could pray, you know, as you go around for, for people. You can, uh, if, you, if you're really good at art, a great idea I've heard of, of people was doing chalk art on the pavements. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been out and about and there's so many more people on the, the walkways and everything now than there ever is outside of lockdown. Why don't you write messages on the, you know, particularly if you're really good at art and you can do it well, write message, Jesus loves you, Jesus, you know, died for you, something like that. Get people thinking. So every time people walk past that point, they're like, they're seeing the message. Um, there's so many things that we can we can do, Neil. Uh, it, we just, I really encourage everyone to be proactive in, in doing something. Get creative, get proactive. And as we'll often talk about, Stu Miller, uh, with you on the program, uh, you've got your G7 app, yes. which uh, people can download free of charge, creates mm. an opportunity for the ability to share the gospel with mm. someone using a mobile device, and certainly a lot of young people and older ones too yep. are very, very open to. Uh, yep. Also, lots of free resources that people can download on your website. Yeah, and and one of those is a uh, video, seven minute video of the gospel message, which is very very good, and that's a fantastic one for sharing on social media and with people and sending a personal message and saying, hey, can you have a look at the seven minute video? I'd love to know what you think, and that could start a spiritual conversation and get the gospel to them. Uh, that's on our website, trainedtobeclaim dot com. You can download that onto your device or share it directly to social media. And uh, for those who've heard us having conversations now over many years. Years, you'll know that Stu's passion is to equip uh, those believers to be able to be effective in their witness, sharing the gospel. Traintoproclaim.com is Stu's website. Traintoproclaim.com. Stu Miller, always good getting an update and uh, sharing heart to heart with you. Thanks so much for joining us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.